Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hello, welcome to Man Baggage. I'm Russell Kane. This is the space where we get boys together and force them to talk about the things girls wish they would talk about. I mean, what do boys really think about boobs? What do they think about their own body hair? What do they think about height? Why do they like girls' pictures on Instagram? Why are they moody? Why do they think women are bossy when stats suggest that men are much more bossy? Why, why, why? All these things have massive impacts on men's mental health, which is where this podcast started. But we are gently baked and poached in banter, enabling us to go deeper into more uncomfortable subjects with a smile on our faces. That's our USP, guys. Um, do hit subscribe, do hit like, and like you will when you find out who today's guests are. Representing someone who identifies as men at the time of recording, we're still allowed to say man without being cancelled. I realise if you're listening to this in 10 years, the word man is a form of hate speech, just saying it. So apologies, future. But for now, I'm joined by a man, Dane Baptiste, Comedian, uh, writer, satirist, actor. If you go back to Sunny D, definitely an actor. I mean, playing himself, you could argue, but acting nonetheless. Uh, does a bit of everything, the show-off bastard. He's in, he's in stand-up man corner. And why is my other guest a female? Well, quite simply this. It's all too easy for two men to drift into, well, you know what girls be like, stereotypes. We need a female auditor to process the information, make sure we're not drifting into that area. And it is, of course, the wonderful broadcaster, media legend, I think you've had a book out as well, haven't you, Olivia? Have you written yet? Got one of those out? In the pipeline. Get, I, I thought it might be. I can't tell you more than that. Pipeline. Maybe so also civil engineering. Add that as well. Civil engineering. Uh, she works. In, she can get trunk in. She can do your plumbing. Too. I've created two humans. She's created two, in my body. two humans in her body. It is, of course, Olivia Wayne. Um, so I want to talk about regret today, people. Um, regret is a quite difficult emotion or thought to pin down. I mean, the definition of it is a feeling of sadness, repentance, disappointment over an occurrence or something that one has done or failed to do. I can't decide whether that's negative or positive. Mostly we can start with things like bossiness or cheating and go, well, that's a negative thing. Why does it happen? Surely some regret is good. I've always thought a human being devoid of regret. We know another name for that. Serial killer. <laughs> uh, you know, you should. It's normal isn't it, to reflect, oh, God, why did I do that? Why did I say that? But maybe my guests will disagree. But let's, the obvious kickoff question, Livia Wayne, what's your biggest regret? And if that's too large, what's your biggest regret in the last year? Go COVID. Um, I think biggest regret over, over like, in the entirety of my life is far too big. I haven't even gone there. Don't want to. Okay, so, so let's do much. what's your biggest, your yeah. biggest regret in the last year? In the COVID year, probably... Just on a career level, because let's keep it at this stage quite light, 
is not <laughs> oh. trying. Sorry, did you want to go deeper? Well, actually, we no, will, let's go deeper. It. I think my biggest threat is not kind of, I think this has been a divisive year. It's really separated people, families, friendship groups, and maybe not being empathetic enough that actually people are struggling and trying to make the best of things. So maybe there's been clashes and debates and far too much passion when actually everyone's just scared. So my biggest regrets have handled potential pitfalls and interactions. Interesting. Dane Bap tweets, what is your, that's his uh, Twitter handle, by the way, uh, what is your biggest regret of the last year? Feel free to go there lifelong if you want to, but don't. Real pressure, I'd, I'd, but... I'd say I, I try not to narrow it onto one particular regret. I think because I'm someone who believes very much in that causality and the butterfly effect. So there are some uh, maybe poor decisions which may uh, precipitate as into good ones. Oh, I regret leaving this window open before beginning this podcast. <laughs> Dane's doing his Radio One Extra show at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Can you not press the sound effect buttons, Dane? I know. I keep, and keep going for the same and going for the same ones as well. Um, but I, uh, Day, 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 <laughs> I'm so old. No, I think my biggest regret is always the what is, is the, the one regret I think, um, because it's all about reflection on the life I have now. I think my biggest regret is not uh, prioritizing uh, my happiness um, and not taking responsibility for my own happiness. Because, uh, yeah, I think most of those things are quite linked in that um, where I've done things that I've been quite regretful, they've been based on maybe me acting in a way where I'm even conforming to social convention or doing what I think people think I should do or acting out of fear as instead of, you know, prioritizing happiness for myself and maybe the person I'm involved with in the longer term as well. And, um, you know, I think, yeah. So I guess another way of rate praise, giving into fear has been probably my biggest regret. Or acting Interesting. Out of fear. Yeah. Now, this what just listening to both of you. I mean, it doesn't mean anything. Obviously, we're only you know in this uh, space today, two men and one woman. So I get that. I'm only asking you to speak from your personal. Ex- this is your opinions we're looking for. I'm not upgrading either of you to anthropologist or sociologist, but opinions are interesting. Just listening to that, Olivia, um, and listen to how you both spoke. And as you go, oh my god, do I go there? I don't know. Blah. I mean, do you <laughs> much more of an emotional response than the way I would have responded, like Dane, with a kind of audit of, of regret for the previous year? This is what I wish I'd done differently. Do you think men process regret differently to women, or do you think we just express how we talk about it differently? I think both. I think I regret for me is a physical feeling. I feel sick about things. I like, get that though. Dane, sorry to stop cut right. you off, but that's no, quite a yeah. strong thing to say. Dane, Dane, do you get that? Do you get that physical? So, oh God, yeah, oh God, uh, I, I spilt wine yeah. on the on the couch. I still think about shit like that years later. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think most men probably understand their post-coital clarity is a big one. Nothing, nothing is a good basis for like regrets. Than being like after you, uh, you know, after you have an orgasm and you're like. What am I doing here? I have a family. I I re- oh, what am I doing I re- here? I'm supposed to be getting married. I really like month. those socks. What have <laughs> I done? I love those. Yeah, socks. exactly. Yeah, God, <laughs> those are birthday present from my grandmother. So I think, yeah, sorry, a sorry post- Olivia. No, no, but you keep talking about things that are like, oh, I spilled wine on the couch. That's not regret. That's like I stupid. Hey, that was a fucking. I just ejaculated into my nan's sock in Dane's mind. Come on, okay, that's pretty extreme. Yeah, but do you know, like, I'm talking about like. <laughs> why did I say that in the heat of that moment when I knew it would hurt and I was trying to hurt, but now I regret ever saying it because I can't take it back and I feel ill about it because I was only trying to get the reaction. I didn't mean, you know, all of that 
feel and it like mm. it can cause pro you know the sleeplessness the sick feeling just literally cringing and shuddering and just oh just get it away but then as you mm. see you have to learn from it because of the butterfly effect but actually if I'd never said it or done it would I be where I am today with that kind of awareness I don't know I process it and think about it and still try and draw on it for the future do men do that too I imagine. Yeah, so it's a regret, like a learning tool. Dane, do you identify with that? Do you ever have, have you ever done like a, said something in the heat of an argument? I mean, I'll never forget when I was a very new, um, I was a new comedian. It was the first time I was doing um, Mock the Week. And I was invited to a very, very well-established, very famous comedian's house for Sunday lunch. Couldn't believe it was actually happening. And I went over and he was there with his family. Um, and I was there with my partner at the time and I was all ready to go to take notes and they just had their beautiful house done in southwest London. And I had my Sharpie that I was going to take notes with in my back pocket and I basically wrote off the most expensive bench. I was sat for a good 15 minutes with the ink going out from my arse onto the screen. Oh, no. And then I had to run with his 10-year-old daughter trying to stop me getting upset to look for products in a shop to then come back and scrub it with. We did no Mock the Week work. And you know when someone's going, it doesn't matter, but in their eyes, it does. <laughs> um, it oh, yeah, but I mean, but years it's, ago, it's, and I have, it's, exactly, I had the, phys- it's it's years ago. I had the physical accident. feeling, but I still have the physical, fe- yeah. the physical feelings that you're describing, the, the, the fetal position in bed, the sleep. Oh God, that I, I do believe it damaged that relationship as well. Even though it's accidental, some accidents you just think bellend. Dane, do you have you ever had that fetal position in bed? Why did I say it? Why did I do it? Um, oh my God, why am I such a dick? Do you know what? I think I'm so I'm, I have such a fear of of the um, the remorse that I try to act um, preemptively to avoid that state. So I'm somebody where it's like I think situations that are so cringy. I am and so I fear those so much more, and fear being in the state of embarrassment or failure that I always try to anticipate my behaviour um, before doing that. And um, but then yeah, I, I mean it's sometimes that can be regretful as well. So I'm quite different, Olivia. That I don't show any emotion at types of, at heightened in, in like heightened discourse and emotion. So then when someone says something to provoke me, is I'm more inclined to not say anything. And then people will push buttons even further and further because they're so used to me not responding. Um right. so sometimes I think maybe I should say something and articulate how I feel about a situation before yeah. a lot of the time I just I just um kind of lock up. But that's a, that's because I think I but at the same time I do that because I'm like, this person's obviously thrown a low blow. And I'm not sure if this person knows this. This is my fucking livelihood. So I say to people all the time, you can say something mean. I'll make sure that people in your family are still having miscarriages three generations after I've finished speaking to you. Yeah. So that's how you come back, guys. That's how you Ooh, come back. That's <laughs> yeah. cutting. Yeah, Dane wasn't talking about stand-up bit. Dane's talking about his uh, novelty wood carving business. Which yeah. Is very <laughs> but it's, it's one of those things where I'm like, <laughs> I'm aware of the power we have as, as a comedian and stuff like that as well. And I'm aware of how people view you anyway. So sometimes, especially in situations where it's like more of a intimate paradigm as a comedian ridicule from us sounds so much more worse than it was coming from other people so i already a lot of time approach instances of like discourse or argument there can already be quite a tense ground because people are like it's one thing being made fun of being made fun of by a professional feels so much worse so i tend Mm. to deal with people being very defensive anyway so you kind of almost have to kind of pull your punches anyway so, I think I think yeah. Well, I was going to say I think what Dane is saying there is it's like a boxer getting into a fight in a bar. A boxer has yeah, to be yeah. very careful how he punches back because he's like to take someone's cranium off. Yeah. It's like me when I'm on Twitter. Sometimes I go back with a perfectly balanced thing and think I don't know anything about this person. They could have mental health issues. They could be suicidal. And I've just like taken them apart in under twenty syllables to while well, everyone starts piling off. So I've just stopped doing stuff like that. 
because I don't know the person. Face to face, you're fucked. I mean, yeah, if, you, if, you, exactly. if you come at me in a so, restaurant, it's fair enough, I can respond. You can kind of regret what you do, but regret what you don't do too. You ever but feel like, yeah. oh, I should yeah. have said something. That would have oh, really... Yeah, yeah. He- well, heckles is the way, the way you get out as well because people say, how do you deal with heckles? And the answer is you can only, you'll only know from experience because obviously every heckle is nuanced and the basis behind it can be very different as well. So, you know, there's not... There, there are some stock put-downs you can have, but with heckling, a lot of times it's like, oh, I wish I'd said that and carried on because at first you're like, you can put someone down and you can return their vitriol with the same thing and fight fire with fire. But as a comic, it's kind of like, what you want to do is be able to fight fire with water and really extinguish a narrative rather than... Absolutely. Rather well than have to feel like you're responding in the same way as them anyway, because then it's like, well, that person seems to be that they've been able to rattle that person. So, yes. yeah, which is good. You have yeah. to, well, that, to kind I, of put it down. Yeah. I think after my fifth tour, I realized that when someone heckles, mostly it's just a few people around them heard it. And the number one strategy is to carry on as though you haven't heard it. 90% of the time, they won't try again. They'll just go, yeah. oh, you just act. Look, a few people look around. But if you do the face of I haven't, they'll go, oh, he didn't even notice that. And you'll get away with it. Because there's no good. I mean, that's a good tactic for life as well yeah, sometimes. This is it. And, and for me, and me, and for me yeah. that's how it migrates. Because obviously comedy is trying to emulate a conversation. And a lot of time, I'm aware because of like experience with comedy. And I guess it's just because I was more living life, trying to be a living comedian rather than a professional one. So I would apply a lot of my... Uh, I guess my emotional disposition was very similar to how I would be on stage. So mm. when I told people I want to tell jokes and be funny, they were like, well, you're not really funny, funny that tells jokes, but it's just my natural demeanor. So even <laughs> when I'm like ranting or being cynical about something, that's what normally used to elicit laughter from people or if I'm <laughs> roasting somebody. So it's just been about adapting that and roasting things objectively rather than subjectively and rather than talking about a specific yeah. person, talking about a phenomenon or like a, you know, a social trend rather than speaking about people. So that's not really victimizing or punching down. And in the same way, it's like when you do get the uh, heckling from people, it's also looking at that person. And, and I spend a lot more time getting context for negative feedback rather than just positive stuff because it's like, who is this person and why are they saying the things that they're saying to me? And I think a lot of times, especially for comics and any kind of performance artist, it's good to know you're not supposed to please everybody. And some of the mm-hmm. things you're supposed to say are supposed to affect us to offend people. So if I make observations about whether it's immigration or like, you know, job rights or race relations and someone's like, I don't like what he's talking about. I'm, I want that person to react that way. So it's almost as if you kind of like throw the line for particular types of fish to bite. I mean, all I can say is stalk Dane Baptiste's TripAdvisor account because you can imagine both the length and elegance of the reviews. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Uh, Olivia, have you got any? Have you, have you, and that is why I want to be. That's a really good point as well because that's probably what I have regrets is when sometimes, like, if I order like a delivery or something, or if I get bad service, at first I'm like, "You son of a bitch! You son of a bitch! Why don't you respect my life?" And then I'll, I'll begin it, and then I think. You know what? People just have shitty days, and you know not, that person may not be in their professional calling. And do I really want to like fuck somebody's life up when they're driving a car at two o'clock in the morning no. to take care of their family, no, or they're no? But the, rest, me but the restaurant, the restaurant's yeah, getting the restaurant, a verbal though. AK. The restaurant is getting the verbal AK spray if the yeah. food's cold. But I don't know. I'm but I'm, I worry that sometimes restaurants might take that out on particular staff, and sometimes you know staff can be having a bad day and not know what they're doing or being overworked. Yeah. I think a lot of time you can tell from context. You're really I decent. still want my I want my five pound delivery voucher. How can you I get it? Yeah, yeah, the voucher. Yeah, the, oh, the company. Give me my fucking voucher. But <laughs> you can't but, speak to a human now. Yeah, exactly. But if someone's bringing like if someone brings me like a chicken shit at one o'clock in the morning and it's kind of mm-hmm. cold, I'll be like, do you know what? It's raining outside. Like, because I wouldn't bring a fucking kebab to somebody when it was raining. I'd be like, Fuck that's that. all very well, Dame. But the next day, we both know you're going to be passing liquids from your anus for that decision. Yeah. Don't eat. Do not eat. <laughs> If, I, if one message from today's podcast is please don't eat <laughs> chicken sheesh. Do not listen to Dane Baptiste. He might be stronger than you. Olivia, <laughs> I wanted to ask more quickly about positive regret. Do you have any positive regrets? I mean, an everyday one for me is buffet regret. I don't know if it's because of my peasant start in life. <laughs> if I go somewhere and there is a posh buffet, even a departure lounge, a good the next point. day a I, get, I get buffet regret. Oh, my God, all the wings I didn't eat. All the, there was a, <laughs> yeah, uh, like I that. it so much more. I, I, I thought I was full up. Oh I was not God. full up. I was not full up. If anyone's seen seen me on a flight leaving Dubai with a tear running down my cheek, it's for the same reason. (laughs) There was a whole bucket of snow crab there, Russell. (laughs) Buffet regret. Do you have any other positive regrets, Olivia? Yeah, coffee shop regret all the time when I'm like, no, I'll only have the black Americano. I will not have a frothy, delicious, creamy latte like I want. Or I won't have that cinnamon roll. I'm like, why? Why would I not just enjoy life and eat the cinnamon roll? But then I know we're not supposed to. There is that regret, to be honest. How far are you willing to take these cinnamon roll stories? Because I've definitely... I'm speaking metaphorically. When I, I'm definitely, when I was single, have, I've got massive amounts of shag regret. Like, why? What was I thinking? I was single and I stayed in. I'd say, I could have... Oh, there was, a girl, there was a girl there. She made a pass me. She was fit. I was trying to do the right right thing. Why? I've what got was I thinking? One. I've got Bag regrets. Regret. Go I on. went to UCLA for a year on my university degree. And I went with a boyfriend at home who was like, I oh, just I got that. with before I went. And literally a year in LA, a British girl who had a fake passport and could go to all the clubs. And I was literally like, 
pining for someone at home who, of course, when we got home, broke up. Everyone's done that, though. And the thing is, I think that normally, yeah, that's always a big, because Callis regret. Yeah, but that's, but look, that's not a, that is not a reflection of poor decision making. That is you trying to care for somebody else. And I feel like it's a great regret. regret Because you're a good person and Dick isn't going anywhere, Olivia. (laughs) (laughs) My goodness, Dick isn't going anywhere. But you could have had a different anecdote. Like, and then I went to this great party with a guy that was in the end in NCAA, and he was a college baller in Division One. Then he takes me to a mansion, and that mansion is Harvey Weinstein's. It could have gone a, a yeah, completely different way. <laughs> Who been. knows? On the on the other hand, you could have been out with loads of fit guys and been entered more time than a Sudoku competition, and you weren't. You missed out on that. I did exactly the same thing. I went with I a girlfriend first year. That. Well, then well, I, feel I like am you didn't, suggesting it. Uh, yeah, Olivia, you didn't, you didn't think, it. You didn't, you didn't think out. You didn't feel out the whole uh, scenario. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm suggesting it. I had I went, I moved into my university halls and put pictures of my girlfriend on the wall because I was so in love with her. As a, a you know, like a ring of salt in a horror movie that stopped other girls entering the room. <laughs> they would be like vaporized when they saw the commitment hanging off the wall. Not that it was an issue because I didn't even flirt in the bar because I loved her so much. If another girl touched me, I would have vomited. Yeah, she cheated on me and dumped me. Of course she did. Because that's not attractive guys, to a woman. I didn't have a coke but conviction. Guys, this is not this is not reflective of any personality shortcomings of you guys. It's you being selfless for another person. Trust me, getting it out of the way Thank now you. and learning to hold your cards close to your chest is a much more valuable lesson than people now who have lived their lives not considering other people who now are like, I wish I had a circle of friends or support system of people I could love and trust. But they don't know how to look for it anymore because they've not observed that throughout the larger part of their lives. I needed so, this thing. I really. No, need I, I know. I, I feel like a lot. A lot. I feel like a lot of people, especially if you are uh, being brought up in Western civilization, then you see these acts of giving a part of yourself to somebody else as a zero sum game. Well, that person didn't even consider it when I was giving this part to them all. But it's on the one hand, it's, for example, if you are both young and you're going somewhere like university, everyone seems needs some form of stability in one way or another. So mm. being in a committed relationship seemed like a truth to you, which will allow you to rationalize your new experiences. Whereas if you show up there, you don't want to feel like you've turned up at a college place and these guys want to run a train on you. So having a basis of stability, people want that all the time. It's kind of like when, you know, a lot of time when people kind of like, well, that person's rich and famous. How come their partner looks so blah, blah, blah? Because that person was with them before they were the person, how they're perceived by society. So I totally get why people do that kind of thing. And I don't think it's something that should be regretful. It's just an exercise, especially when you're very young, in selflessness. And no one can really train you on how to rationalise um, the regret that comes from when you lose, a, you know, when that fucks up. I feel no like gets... I feel like anyone who has a regret should talk to you, and you'll spin it around to make. Because I do a lot of dwelling. That's the thing. I spend a lot of time doing that, so I spend a lot of time. So my first relationship, when it went sour, I spent like a good year and a half trying to work out how I fucked it up, and then what I got to the end of is that you can't control another human being's will or their soul or their heart, depending on how you perceive it. All you can control is yourself. And with something like love, there is no formula to it. That's why it's all fair in love and war. So most of the time people regret, why do I spend so much time giving part of myself to that person treat me like shit? Well, it's probably because you've learned that now you have a greater love for yourself. So moving forward, when you see these red flags appear in somebody else, you know how that makes you feel. So you don't repeat it. Or you get another basis where you're like, I know how that feels. So I won't do that to somebody else. So think about like butterfly effect. You are now not passing on that negative energy and projecting that shit onto some unsuspecting person who's yourself just because you were hurt in the past. Because like, you know, going back to serial killers, because they form no basis of caring for anybody else or any kind of empathy because they're very young, then the rest of the world pays for that. So by the same token, like it's not a bad thing when you lose out on these things. You just have to learn that like, you're, that's why I say you prioritize yourself first so you start to set a standard for yourself. And it's kind of like, but again, like I said, there are no 
there's no um, prior training you can do for being in a long-term relationship or loving somebody long-term because you're like, well, this is supposed to be the biggest demonstration of love I can give somebody. So how can this be a negative thing? And then when it fucks up, you're like, well, I, don't, I did so much to try and make this work. Mm. But the way to look at it, like I said, is that you should, it's um, love, it, like these emotions are not things that we're able to harness as individuals. They are experiences. That's why as a social species, we share in these experiences anyway. So it's like, how can you, because then you're like, because then you'd be like, it's, um, that's why they say it's better to love and lost because the only alternative to you to avoid the heartbreak would be to not fall in love in the first place. But then you have to imagine a life where you were devoid of that emotion in the first place. And that's the life that serial killers Indeed. have. What about if you do something in a, you know, you're young, you're immature, you don't think it through. How do you live with that regret? The biggest part of the link, I think, for regret is accountability. That's the first part of it, I think. So where sometimes, again, my ego might prevent me because I'm experiencing the trauma at the time from seeing how I may have contributed or how I was equally responsible for the demise of a relationship, for example. But then with time, it being a healer, part of that healing is having to acknowledge your fault and forgive yourself. Because if you're seeking closure again from another party, if something happens, like say if someone, say, if you're a victim of abuse, for example, and you're like, if I ever see that person again, I'm going to, I'm going to, and that person dies before you get to see them. If you're depending on that person to help you rationalize or for you to heal your trauma, you may not get that chance. The only thing, again, you can control is your actions. And thereby, by the same token, once you observe that, then you, again, will, you'll be able to identify that in other people. So for me, it's like where I fucked up, I guess, when I've been younger and stuff like that, it's allowed me to know I can see it and, you know, I can see what precipitates me hurting somebody and avoiding that or just coming clean. And, and you find a lot of time when just uh, people just acknowledging someone else's um, trauma can make a big difference. So if I said, a girl said, oh, Dane, years ago you did this and it hurt me and I, I fucked up completely and I'm sorry. That can do so much more just as the catalyst for healing for people. So you don't, you can avoid those regrets. So that's how I do it is that like, I would rather say sorry and take it on the chin and someone call me a piece of shit or a fuckboy or be able to articulate how much I've hurt them and for them to have that catharsis rather than living with knowing that there's somebody out there that feels that way because of me. Excellent. Maybe maybe that's why British people have evolved a pre-sorry. I will often apologise at the start of an evening. Sorry. (laughs) It's not not until I get home it becomes apparent what that pre-apology was for. Okay, guys, I have no regrets in announcing this is the end of part one. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.